Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Brown Richmond, 96 double! Attention, fantasy footballers. Whatever it takes! Lineups are due soon, and we're getting you ready. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. That's what we do. You like that? I might get a little emotional. Get the latest news, injury reports, weather at outdoor stadiums. And expert analysis. Over a dozen years of fantasy coverage. Sunday mornings were made for fantasy football conversation with you. Here's your hosts. Baby Tausch, Bill Schmid, and the franchise, Tim Allen. And a good Sunday morning to you guys. Let's talk some fantasy football as uh, the season is really upon us now. Welcome, everybody. Fantasy Football Weekly, another edition here this and every Sunday morning, 10 to noon, is presented by the Tim and Tausch in the Morning podcast, returning soon to the Radio.com app. You must know something more than I do, because the last I had heard... I thought we were still on somewhat of the outs, but Timmy, it's football season officially, and you're right. The season is now going because now everybody's into game week. Final cutdowns yesterday. I know we got a couple to get into, but this is NFL football now at its finest. Some trades, some releases. Is this one of the heavier times for trades in fantasy football that you can remember? I know you've been playing this game for a long time. Well, the interest is is definitely there at, at cutdown day every year just because a lot of drafts have already occurred. Yeah. So, yeah, I can tell you about that. For example, those that drafted Jarek McKinnon, not, not, very, not very happy. However, those that saw Matt Breida just slide mm-hmm. and slide and slide some more and said, ah, you know what, I'm going to take him. They're celebrating today. Yeah, th- those, people are, those people are very happy. Uh, also, people that got maybe a Deshaun Watson at fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth round, that's looking a little bit better as his backside is going to be protected better than probably it's ever been. You have the Texans really active. You know, it wasn't just Lamar Miller. There, there were others, but if I was Devian Clowney, I mean, if I was any general manager in in the league, I am calling the Houston Texans right now and seeing what I can fleece out of them some more. Because without a general manager here that's been in place, ready to put his stamp on the team, they're all over the place, Tim. It, they're like a flea market. That you can just go on down and say, can I get get your next two years first round picks? Awesome, thanks. And a second round or two for a guy that we were going to cut anyway. Can you just throw us Will Fuller? We'll deal with an injury situation. We'll figure out what we can do. What do you guys want, like a fourth, maybe a fifth or something like that? Kenny Stills goes over there, right? Yep, Kenny Stills and Laramie Tunzel. I understand how good of a left tackle Laramie Tunzel can be, but how good has he been in the NFL? Decent. 
But a decent. decent left tackle. And, and yes, he's 25, but only two years of contractual control that you have with that rookie contract. I don't know. It's a good move if you want to play for right now and be able to win right now. But they're uh, they're in one of those positions here that they've now sacrificed the next couple of years of where they're going to dra- have a lot of draft capital at all. They have. And now they're backfield with the injury to Lamar Miller. We had that for you last Sunday at this time. Now they they go with Duke Johnson and... They go with Carlos Hyde now. Carlos I, Hyde is such an interesting character to me. Who knows? He, he had some success there in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But he was on the verge of getting cut, allegedly, in Kansas City. Right. And speaking of which, Kansas City scoops up Sean McCoy, who was released from the Bills. And a four years, $3 million guaranteed for LaShawn McCoy. Also on the running back market, one... LaShawn McCoy is an older dude, right? So so whatever you're going to be able to get out of LaShawn McCoy, I think is going to be varied. But for people that have Damian Williams and, and thought that they were going to take him in a 14-16 team league in the yep. second or third round, you're, you're going to get cut off a little bit in a PPR league with, with LaShawn McCoy in there. Rookie Darwin Thompson. For sure. That definitely cuts Darwin Thompson's value in half. However, Devin Singletary in Buffalo. That's your boy. That is my guy. I love that guy. I, you know, and now the word's out. So it's Frank Gore, the veteran. For sure. And then it's Devin Singletary. I thought he was by far my big, my biggest sleeper when people were sleeping on Singletary because he was backing up two veterans. Mm-hmm. And now the word's out. Well, oh, what, and- Now you have all the fantasy football opponents of yours, mine, looking at the Buffalo Bills saying, well, who's going to get the ball there? How disappointed are you that you weren't able to get this main league draft in before tonight? Yes, I know. My oh. main league tonight is the draft, and Devin Singletary oh. was going to be a guy that I wanted for the next five years because it's a keeper league, and you can keep five players. So you could do a lot worse than Devin Singletary as your fifth keeper. Yeah, no doubt. Wow. Now, so talk about somebody that I don't know exactly if he's been kept or he's probably been locked down for quite some time. Melvin Gordon yesterday, also the news coming out, that the L.A. Chargers are saying, all right, fine, tell his representation, you can go find yourself a trade. Let us know what you can find, and maybe we'll work something out. But we're not going to give you $13, $14 million a year. Go find that somewhere else, and we'll, we'll maybe oblige. Probably is not going to be Houston, or is it? <laughs> I had thought Kansas City before the LaShawn McCoy move. There were legit conversations with Kansas City. I can attest to that. That would just that would have made so much sense. A dude that is just a lethal weapon out of the backfield that you're able to flip those those curl flats and and dunk him out and get him the football is any opportunity you can, but also in that division they've seen too much of him have the LA Chargers. And I'm hearing a rumor, it's just a rumor, take it for face value that there were scratches on the surface. In Green Bay? It would make sense. Mm-hmm. He would make sense in Green Bay. He would also make sense in Minnesota, I think, as well. If you're looking at Dalvin Cook, I have him in, in one of my leagues that I drafted literally the first week of the preseason, and I'm already regretting it. I, I don't know how I can... I like him. I just don't know how I can trust that knee and, and how I can trust him in that backfield. But with the weapons they have on the outside, he's going to be opened up a little bit. Depending on what they think they have there... That cuts down draft pick compensation that you have to give back to L.A. Saw in a uh, TD-only draft that I'm in, that I was in just the other day, that Zeke went in the second round. Oh. And now now 
there's a little bit of information coming out that Zeke yeah. may be back sooner rather than he, later. It appears that he's going to be ready for week one. Now, whatever that workload is, because he's going get, to get into camp here three days before the first game or whatever it might be, as they, they've now come a lot closer, I believe, on negotiations. Somebody also drafted Tony Pollard in the second round. Oh, stop. I was not going there. Uh, that wasn't even, going to happen. If even you wouldn't take Tony Pollard in the second no. round, there's got to be some. <laughs> no, it's got to be some screw loose there. Now you talked about. Sorry, I didn't know I cut you off there. You talked about Mac Breida a couple of moments ago. I had a draft last night. Now a 16 league, just a quick little uh, family. I love just it. the little six teamers. You know everybody in there. You know the scores that you're going to be able to put up are high. That's stud team against stud team against stud team, right? Yeah. So I'm looking at this roster. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Christian McCaffrey, OBJ, Adam Thielen. Oh, wait, I have Antonio <laughs> Brown, too? And You're looking at it, though, and Tevin Coleman. Pick him up in the ninth, maybe tenth round. Not bad. What do you see him being with the effect or his effect on the offense now without Jarek McKinnon? I know we're going to get into the entire NFC here this week. Got the AFC before uh, week one yep. starts up this weekend now here on Fantasy Football Weekly. So I know we're going to run through the entire NFC. But with that split backfield, you like Matt Breida. I think Tevin Coleman both. is really the danger zone in that offense with his old boy Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, you like them both because if you don't have a Saquon Barkley and you don't have Zeke, then the next tier down is the two-headed monster. Oh, you're preaching now. I mean, it just is. That's the way football is. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and your ability to have multiple guys carry the load in the backfield. N- nobody is able to take that beating for an extended period of time. Working with Gary, we talk about it all the time. The only position in the NFL, Tim, that really hasn't changed with the new rules is the running back spot. Yeah, you can still hit them anytime. They're still live. If you go into a play action, you're still getting thumped once you get into the middle of the line. And the pounding you take on that body is still the same as it was pretty much back in 86 here in 2019. A lot of wear and tear on running backs, so don't be afraid of the, uh, afraid of the two-headed oh, monster go. in fantasy football. So I had some fun in uh, one of my drafts uh, just a few days ago, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to have some fun this year having had some pretty good success last year, as you know, uh, in, in all of my leagues, collectively. You did have quite a bit of success. It um, showed out at the uh, Super Bowl trip in Las Vegas. It did, yes. And there were a lot of money flying around. So I figured I want to ride that Cleveland Brown offense just in case. Now, there's been a lot of speculation. There's some people that don't think they're an above 500 team yet. Yeah, I have a bet with uh, our boy Adam McCalvey about it. Some say that they're a double-digit win team. They're going to go 10 wins into the playoffs, see if they can make some noise in the playoffs. I went with Baker Mayfield and the hookup to Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. Why not? I mean, I think think Odell Beckham Jr. might lead the league in fantasy points this year. The swagger of Mayfield, coupled with Odell Beckham Jr., and more importantly, or most importantly, the weapons around them to distract the attention over there, that could come up big time. How are you going to be able to sit on OBJ on the slant route, which really we see what he can do once he goes vertical in, in the passing game with OBJ and, and how he can face catch the bat, the football at any point in time, go up and get it and take it away from defenders. But his uh, he's so lethal once you get him the ball three or four yards inside from the line of scrimmage. 
You got Jarvis Landry, who's an underneath nightmare. David Njoku, I don't know how mm-hmm. and he's not one of the better tight ends in all of football. Totally you'd imagine, underrated. You'd imagine him to take off a little bit more this year. And the running back threat of Nick Chubb. Wow. Last year for only, what was it, three, four games we got to see OBJ and, and Saquon Barkley on the same football field together. It's going to be really, really fun. If they can protect Mayfield, which is my biggest concern with that Cleveland Browns offense. It's not the hype. It's not that they have too much star power. It's can they keep Baker Mayfield upright? And really the important factor here as well is if you've got a number of Cleveland Brown offensive players, you're hoping their defense is just awful. (laughs) (laughs) You are. Right. Just shoot out, shoot out, shoot out. Every single week, you want Mayfield down 19. What they are going to be able to provide, Tim, their defense isn't great, but what they do have is they have pass rush and they have guys that can take the football away. Like, Mm -hmm. Miles Garrett is turning into the number one pick that you kind of expected him to be, and Denzel Ward, all those dudes do is maybe take the football away twice a game, give you a short field in a TD-only league. That's going to help you out. Oh, dangerously close to week one in the NFL, week one in your fantasy football matchup as uh, we're going to break down the AFC uh, rest of it. We have one more division to get to. That's the AFC North. And then we'll focus on the entire show here on you guys and the NFC, including the NFC North, in which there's some uh, receiver moves uh, for Green Bay that's going to impact the numbers of, well, you know it, Aaron Rodgers, as well as Aaron Jones, and the rest of the cast there in Green Bay offensively. If you want us to grade your team as well, you can get us your team. Uh, if you want to call 414-799-1250, we'll throw you on and uh, see what your team looks like. If you have a keeper question, if you have a uh, draft order, and here's uh, the popular thing too, is to set the draft order days in advance. I would love to know that. Then you study it out. Oh, that would be so nice. Check out the scenarios. You can take a look uh, at Mm cross-reference and uh, average draft position, your ADP. Instead of where I have to be here in this damn station league that you and I split the the team last year and tried to combine our efforts, and it didn't necessarily go as planned. Uh, No. It it also doesn't help when your number one pick ends up uh, getting suspended for being a moron and curb-stomping people. But... When you're in a situation where you have 14 draft positions and not understanding where I can find different guys, my mocks are all over the place of where I'm studying in this sense. Also, do you like the 10-team league, 12, 14, or 16? Now, the the lower ones, those are the fun ones, the six-team, your family, your buddies. Messing around. Stud versus stud team, and then you're splitting hairs at the highest level. You got OBJ and Julio Jones in a wide receiver matchup. (laughs) You got Devontae Adams as well as Keenan Allen. You know, you got them both. But really, I love the 14 if you're talking standard scoring. I do. It's deep enough where it weeds out the amateurs. There you go. The amateurs, it does a little bit Mm -hmm. because they give up after nine rounds or so, eight rounds. For sure, 100%. And so we'll get to all that and a lot more Fantasy Football Weekly. Really close to kickoff in the NFL, kickoff of your fantasy football 2019 championship season. You hear it this and every Sunday here on The Fan. Getting you closer and closer to kickoff. Helping you win the championship. Tim and Tausch with Fantasy Football Weekly on AM 1250 and 1057 FM, The Fan. 
Yeah, that's what you've got each and every Sunday morning, 10 to noon, getting you ready right up until kickoff. Although we have a kickoff in these parts that's far more important than Sunday at noon. Thursday. Oh, man, dude. I cannot wait. We're going to be down at the uh, Sheridan Hotel down in Chicago, getting you ready. Packers fans all day long. Bill Michaels is going to be there from 10 to 2. Gary and I for the big show from 2 to 6. Then we're going over we're to the sparky. game. He's going to be back here in case anything you know, anything goes goes haywire or anything. Shocking. Um, but then we'll have <laughs> Gary and Bill will be there live after the game. Starting up for the Uptown Motors Green and Gold postgame show. You know the best thing about Uptown Motors is, Tim? It's the official car dealership of your boy, Leroy Butler. I love him. <laughs> I do. I don't know if he loves you too much when you talk about Jay Novacek back in the <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, well, you know, he should have made more tackles then. <laughs> Fantasy Football Weekly getting oh, you ready, no. and let's uh, continue our whip around. We started it last week, and we need to finish up with the AFC and that's the AFC North, and that is uh, Big Ben at the helm. Changes, no AB, no Le'Veon Bell. You've got James Conner, and you've got Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, is he... Here's the question. I'm shying away from him a little bit, Billy, and not that I won't think he's he's going to have a, a decent year. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's elite quite yet. I sure. gotta see it for a year first. I get what you're saying. As and the main guy, as the number one. Right. It's it's easy to get 100 catches when you have the guy that's been the best receiver in all of football consensus-wise the last yep. three years on the other side of you. Who I do like in that offense is James Washington later in rounds. Especially PPR, his ability underneath to be a weapon for, for Big Ben. And also, you know, they cut Eli Rogers yesterday and opens up another spot where... An, Slot guy, James Washington, is going to fit right in there. He is. Mason Rudolph was named the backup to Big Ben, so he's starting to climb the ladder a little bit. So there's that. Jalen Samuels. I like him. I mean, you talk about a guy that's going to slip and Mm -hmm. fall and slide away in your draft. Way late. You got a bench player, position open. That's your guy right there. Because I've been seeing James Conner go from anywhere from – Five to twenty-five. I've I've seen it five four range to about middle, maybe middle of the second round. Right. Yeah. And then depending on certain drafts, that's you know fourteen teams or whatever. I just don't see all the hype in in James Conner. I understand he had a great year last year, but to me, that's just one of those that I stay away from. And in the same vein, it, there's not much that I can point to otherwise than. He feels to me a little bit like Marlon Mack, where he's not as much of a threat out of the backfield as I guess I would like. You mentioned uh, Eli Rogers. What about Dante Moncrief? There's a, little, a vertical threat. A little bit. Uh, there, there might be a there might be a wide uh, wide receiver two in yeah. his potential. I and, think, and he's a nice flex flex option. I think in certain weeks, like if you're looking week one right off of the bat, they go up against New England. On Sunday Night Football, Vance McDonald, Xavier Grim, Grimble, Vance McDonald, Grindle, (laughs) not Lane Grindle, not Lane Grindle. That's my guy. Uh, Vance McDonald is going to be a big time play option this year. Left and right, the ability for him to be the number one tight end in that offense, pretty much every single down. He showed flashes of it last year, but he's got tight end one written all over him. 
And we talked about the uh, Cleveland Browns, so we'll fly right over them. Cincinnati Bengals, they uh, they did not place. That's right, they're still a football team. Yeah, they did not place A.J. Green onto any injured list, so he will stay on the active roster. And that was important here because the, the guy is, is, is a stud in his day. Is he a stud now? Well, maybe not, but... Is he still a viable start on your fantasy football team? I think so. Yeah, I still think he's a yep. big-time option, man. And and he's dropping way, way back. And Tyler Boyd, obviously, is the hot stepping up, now. and he's the hot-shot name. Give me the productivity for a substantial amount of years. A.J. Green is still one of the freak shows in the NFL. Running backs, Joe Mixon, and I've seen this guy slide in your drafts. Don't sleep on Joe Mixon. He is a do-it-all type of back. You're a big fan of his? I love Joe Mixon. I love him. He fits to me in in that James Conner role where I just don't necessarily know what to expect with him left and right. He is a little bit more of a pass-catching option than James Conner, though, I would feel. Runs angry, though. And you love that. I love Got that. a little just, mean streak in him. Just mean. Yeah. You're going to go That's put your sure. head down against him. You're going to pay for it. Yeah. You can, uh, Gio Bernard you know is that. still there as well. Wide receivers, obviously, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John and, Ross. When would you take Andy Dalton in a fantasy draft? I probably wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take a pass. They on might that. as well just like not even make his picture. <laughs> if you're not all. in a two quarterback league, there's no reason why Andy Dalton should ever even come up on the suggestions and <laughs> drafts. Baltimore Ravens. Here's my confusion here. If you tell me that, okay, how many touchdown passes is Lamar Jackson going to throw? Just cushion it to the bottom, if you will. Probably 15, 20. I would think 20 ranges yeah. would be accepted. 15-20. I think he's going to run for closer to 10-15. Okay. I think he's well, going to be a, a really interesting player in fantasy this year. Why is it that nobody is drafting any of those 20 touchdown receptions? Nobody wants any part of Willie Sneed. Nope. Nobody wants any part except me of my boy, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Oh! Timmy does love some Hollywood. I do. That is a good one. I do like him, but but again, does this not make sense or, or what? For sure. I think a lot of it is everybody settles down into a running quarterback as, well, he's just going to throw it to his tight end. So Mark Andrews has been the one that gets all the pub out there in Baltimore as the real option to catch passes. Yeah. You're right. Somebody's going to have to catch touchdown passes from from Lamar Jackson. You mark it down. They will be one of one of these guys, one of these receivers will be scarfed up way early off the waiver wire and someone's going to hit a home run with one of them. Marquise Hollywood Brown. I love him. That that is a Tim Allen kind of player. <laughs> yes, Little flashy, is. smaller dude, yep. scat back kind of looking guy, but he can Dude, he can really fly. He can play. He can play, and he may be one of the guys to take flyer on. Uh, Are you taking Justice, him in your main league tonight? I might. He could be a could I he might. be a keeper option though? Like that's the thing. If you're looking at him in this sense in this offense, where's the long term sustainability? Because yep. you can understand once you get into November and December, that offense plays because you're going to run the football as much as as you'd love to. And that's the relationship that maybe you're crossing your fingers that he's got with Lamar Jackson. For sure. And then that does 100%. play a part, guys. It does. The the you know, the connection or relationship between quarterback and receiver. Mm-hmm. 
It's just so prevalent, it's, it's, more and more in football. And it's the same in any workplace. Who do you usually work better with? People that you have more in common with. Younger True. players have more in common with younger players. Lamar Jackson has a lot of younger players, but they also have some veteran leadership and a former Heisman Trophy winner there in Mark Ingram. Absolutely. Justice Hill and Mark Ingram over there in, in the uh, Baltimore Ravens backfield. Seven people are high on Mark Ingram. Not not one over here. I, I don't know. I'm probably, a lot of wear on those tires, Timmy. Yeah, and he would have to fall for me to take a shot at, at uh, Ingram. Uh, let's see here. Michael Floyd, he was released by the Baltimore Ravens, by the way. Out there. Just saying. Yeah, he's driving around somewhere. Mark Andrews, the tight end, and we move on finally. Did I miss a team? I think we got it all, right? No, Ravens, Steelers, and we talked about the Browns. Browns and Bengals. Yeah. Got them all. I can't all believe right. we even talked about the Bengals because, like I said, I'm hey. surprised they're even still a They're going team. to score some touchdowns and move the ball a time or two. At points in time, you would imagine. They so. will get some wins in the NFL this year. Couple, sure. Three or four, sure. maybe? Yeah, yeah, sure. They'll win a couple of games. They will. Uh, NFC will do that whip around, but uh, our guest here is coming up in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, as we uh, look ahead here from rotowire.com, man, Jim Coventry is going to stop by and give us some names of guys that you can look for in your drafts. And also, I want to bounce our question of league size off of Jim and where he falls in line with these 10, 12, 14, 16 team leagues. Because I know back in the day when you guys first like invented fantasy football, back when Dirt was invented, right? Um, didn't you guys like strictly play 16 team leagues? That's how I knew it as. Um, maybe it was had, 14. It might have been 14. You guys had some weird rules in those old there games. There are still so. weird rules down there. Kenosha, you know... I think Kenosha at some time fell and hit their head. Yeah, you got me into that stupid Kenosha League last year with two quarterbacks. (laughs) That was was that Security Dan's league. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, two quarterbacks. Now, fault of my own, not necessarily reading the rules before the draft, and all of a sudden I'm looking at Mitchell Trubisky in the third round. There was some of those leagues down there giving a half a point per pass attempt. 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 Well, Brady would have been the number one player in all <laughs> leagues like five years ago. He was throwing the ball 55 times a game. A half a point per completion? Oh, jeez. I've been in a league here. I think it was here at the station. Somebody had this, this was a few years ago, a point per carry for a running back. A full point per carry. You figure that one out. Wow. Now, again, can we standardize? Can we standardize and all kind of collectively meet in the middle a little bit on some of this stuff? It's got to be somewhat PPR, though. I agree. If you're catching the football, yes. it's a lot harder than just getting a standard handoff and running your face into the wall. Uh, agreed. You catch the football, you have the opportunity to take it to the house. That's worth a point in fantasy football. Point one point for every yard? Mm-hmm. So a point per ten yards? Yeah. I like that. I think that's pretty basic. I'm good with that. Quarterbacks make it one per every 25 yards. 20 or 25. Okay. I've seen it both ways. Meet in the middle. 22, 23. That would be that would be way too confusing. Touchdown passes four. I'm talking about a guy that when I turn the volume up on the TV, I go either in five point increments. <laughs> 
Touchdown pass is four points or six points? Usually four. Usually four. Check your rules before the draft mm-hmm. because these draft or these uh, league commissioners. Because if you get pull a sneaky one on you, because if you find one of those leagues where it is, it is you know half point per completion. Drew Brees goes way up. Yes. Philip Rivers goes way up. Six points per touchdown pass. It's Patrick Mahomes should changes. be a first round pick yes, in every he league. Should. Yes. Absolutely, it changes the whole dynamic of the draft. Mm-hmm. So Jim Coventry of RotoWire is going to join us in just a couple of minutes. Stick around. You want to get in touch with us? Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. You can email live at 1057fmthefan.com. It's fantasy football time. Fantasy football weekly here on Sports Radio 1057fm. The Fan. Tim and Tausch, take your calls now. God bless fantasy football. At 414-799-1250. It's Fantasy Football Weekly on AM 1250 and 105.7 FM, The Fan. Yeah, it's this and every Sunday morning, 10 to noon. We, uh, we'd like to make it a just a regular thing. A regular thing where you, you get up on Sunday morning, you roll ass out of bed. You're hungover, probably. Right? Most likely, yeah. Most, most likely. Sunday morning. The best cure to a hangover is NFL football, right? It truly is. But the the, <laughs> the best way to know that you're coming out of your hangover, Tim, is always, I, I feel, once you see the countdown clock for NFL red zone. Yes. Like, you, you it counts down, and all of a sudden it says red zone will begin in 10. Especially nine. when the Packers are the late game. Oh, or like Thursday night. It This is just tremendous because now we can just go belly up, Next Sunday, watch all the football you have. You got all your parlay tickets sitting there in one hand. You just yep. can't wait for that Eagles Redskins game because you know that they're going to cover the eight and a half. Oh, I hope. Is. I hope so. Just a little extra spending. Cash. Those those Vikings covering that four points at home against the Falcons. That's a lock. Talk about the Jets. <laughs> Starting up against the Bills? Are you kidding me? The Buffalo Bills? Le'Veon Bell is going to go Hold on. Get the wagering window guys. in here. Are you kidding me? Oh, we I cannot wait. <laughs> we got to talk betting NFL. Yeah, sure. Why not? Wagering window. Oh, man. it is. I just cannot wait. I have I have this one 16, 16 teamer that I'm just holding on to. And every night, I just kiss it goodnight. Like, just, oh. You know. For you, that return, Timmy. I know, and parlays are tricky, though. They're so much it's fun, though. It's just so tough. Parlays They're, are way more fun than just going straight up. It's it's somewhat tough enough to get uh, one bet in. Sure. And now, then, college football, though, I will rep the, the solo bets left and right, and 9-3 and, and three last night helps you out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely it does. Great Midwest Bank Hotline is where we find Jim Coventry, rotowire.com, to join us here on Fantasy Football Weekly. Jim, thanks for the time. I'm happy to be here one week till kickoff, and things are looking great. Man, it's uh, it's coming up on us quick. And and let me let me ask you this here, just to start things out. We'll just uh, just spider web all over the place here, Jim. If if we would, of course. Where where do we find the best fantasy football participants? Is it a ten team league? Is it twelve team? Is it fourteen? I love the fourteen. I don't want to go extreme and go sixteen. I'm in some sixteen team leagues but i think 10 is uh just a, too limited for me where do you fall on that yeah 14 would be the most competitive where teams would all still have good rosters 
and 12 is the most standard type of league. And um, the more flex positions you have, so a 12-team league where you either had a super flex or two flex positions, that's probably optimal with 14 teams coming in just mm-hmm. behind that. I like that, and I like that multiple flex option, Jim, because you look at it, it one, it involves more scoring, and, and especially if you're going PPR, it opens up to now what the game is, and, and that's wide receivers catching the football left and right. Exactly, yeah, the wide receiver pool is so deep. And also when people are drafting, you can pound the running backs earlier knowing there are so many viable receivers out there. Maybe the top ones fall off a bit, but there are so many players who get significant playing time with wide receiver. Yeah, you can fill those flex spots up with those guys. I find that 14, a minimum of 14 players, you will find like down the hall here, Alex, the sales assistant or something. <laughs> That he he gives up he'll he'll give up after set amount of players he's like yeah just fill it up whatever and we can use our expertise with what we do for a living to to make hay in those rounds. That being said, why on earth did Lashawn McCoy get released yesterday and not tomorrow? Because Devin Singletary was my guy here. What do you see in that Buffalo Bill backfield? So here's my concern with Singletary. Now, I don't care about preseason, but it was a little alarming. He only had three and a half yards per carry, but it didn't surprise me. Singletary comes out with 16th percentile size adjusted speed and only 18th percentile agility. So basically, he's kind of a straight line runner who's not very fast. Mm -hmm. His athletic profile did not translate well. Now, in fantasy football, we know that opportunity is king, especially for running backs. So I put Singletary in as a a running back three, like maybe the 35th, 36th um, running back after his, after the situation with McCoy going away. But those metrics do scare me that um, he may not be what we're hoping he is. He has no explosiveness to him. Well, but with, with the veteran Gore there, I mean, who else is there in terms of – Gore, we can, we can say, has been somewhat of an Iron Man, but at his age, I don't see him making it through a full full season. No, but T.J. Yeldon is still on the roster, and I expect that Yeldon will be the third down back. He's been a pretty accomplished pass catcher, despite being on some pretty sketchy offenses in the past. So um, I think Singletary becomes a two-down thumper, and it's very possible that Gore gets the goal line Mm -hmm. just because of the patience and his ability to navigate the quick creases and the the ball security with him is huge as well. So um, I could see Singletary getting... 12 to 18 carries a game, depending on game script. But I don't know how much he does with those. And those passing um, downs, those are huge for running backs. Keeping that uh, AFC East there, Jim, and and that Patriot backfield, Sonny Michelle was such a good option for you last year, and, and I picked him up later rounds of last year's drafts. He's still floating into that sixth round, five, six round area uh, in, in most 14-teamers that I've seen. With that backfield, is is he a guy that they're going to pound early and often up there? Or can you I, see him getting hawked down at the goal line a little bit like he did last year? 
Well, all right, so the concern with his knees, and when he was drafted, it was already known that he had a degenerative knee condition, and so there was a lot of skepticism and worry about him. So to take him out at the goal line, if Damian Harris projects to be someone who can run in the short yardage packages they have, it would be possible to take, again, the biggest pounding for a running back is at the goal line. And so it's possible they do pull Sony a bit at the goal line to preserve him. Now, I'm not sure that will happen because Damian Harris has not separated himself as anything special yet, but it is something for fantasy owners to keep in mind. However, the, the draft round that you're getting Michelle in, it bakes in a lot of the potential downside. So I think he's a great pick where he's at because you have the upside that he provides fantasy owners. Well, let's stay with the running back, Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde in Houston. What's going on down there? So Duke Johnson's been in the league for a number of years, and he had a backfield with Isaiah Crowell for a few of those seasons, and he never separated himself as a full-time back. The league decided, it seems, I know he's just the Browns, that he's more of a third down back. And so it was, I, it was interesting when Houston brought him in and then they were just looking for another early down back and then they settled on Hyde. So what that move tells me, and Hyde was not a system fit in Kansas City. That was the primary reason I believe he got mm-hmm. let go. But I still think he's an early down grinder and I think Duke Johnson, although he was great in college on all three downs, I think he will continue to be primarily a passing down and a change of pace back. Now, some people will look at his yards per carry, and Duke Johnson had nearly five yards of carry over the last three seasons. But remember, a lot of those came in passing situations where the defense was um, in their nickel or dime and a lot of draw plays. So those numbers are a little bit skewed. So Johnson, I think, is a great PPR back. Um, maybe a higher-end running back three, almost on the border of a running back two because of his ability to catch passes. How about that San Francisco backfield with Jarek McKinnon going out? I really, really like Tevin Coleman and that that reunion with Kyle Shanahan. But Matt Breida was very, very productive for fantasy owners last year. Yeah, and Breida was so effective, and he was playing very, very injured, and he still produced. Um, He's been pretty healthy this offseason, Kevin Coleman has had opportunity, and it always seems like he's a straight-line speed guy, and he needs a crease to make something happen. He really has very little lateral agility to his game, so it's kind of a predictable back, but his upside always seems to be capped. In Atlanta, like last year, he had a fantastic situation when Devontae Freeman went out, and fantasy owners were very underwhelmed by what he produced for them. So I think that Brita is strongly in this mix, and I and they won't beat up either of those guys. So I think that could end up being a 50-50 timeshare. Brita seems to be the better pass catcher bet based on what we saw last year. So I think Brita has a little more fantasy value because of the pass catching ability. And um, but, but Coleman will be seeing enough touches to use as a low-end running back to best use as a flex. And I know he's being drafted high, but I don't know that we've seen that consistency and that explosiveness we thought he had out of him. Man, we are theming on running backs here, and we just can't get off. We, we, could, we could spend an hour on running backs. Just a couple of more quick hitters here. Uh, Melvin Gordon holding out. It's uh, Zeke holding out. 
What do you see for both the Chargers and Cowboys? And then finally, if if uh, we could just have you nutshell what's going on in Kansas City where Damian Williams and Darwin Thompson's stock has dropped or did it with the addition of LaShawn McCoy? Sure. So we'll start with Ezekiel Elliott. And yesterday, Adam Schefter broke some news, and he expects a deal to be done, and he expects Elliott to be in camp tomorrow or Tuesday. And they expect him to practice and be ready for the game. Um, that news was corroborated by other unnamed sources. So it looks like that deal is just about set. Um, you know, things can go wrong at the last minute. But deadlines for action. So I do think that Zeke will be there for week one. Wow. Yes. Now, the Melvin Gordon deal, they, the team told him yesterday, well, he can seek out a trade. But I don't see that as plausible because, A, teams wouldn't have the cap space to pay him what he wants, especially the teams that really need running backs like Tampa Bay right now. Not only would they have to pay him the money and give him a contract extension, but they'd have to give up compensation to the Chargers. So I don't think Gordon is going to find that trade partner that the team allowed him to, to, to to seek and um you don't play hardball with the chargers the chargers are a team that's like they're like okay we're not going to pay you so i see this holdout going through eight weeks and he can report mm. week 10 to get an accrued season wow. for free agency that is I, that is wild and and the ability that you're gonna and the willingness to sit out these these years seeing Le'Veon bell do it last year and still get paid i, I think is is really showcasing players that they have the, more of the power than they than they thought they did. Jim Coventry joining us here from rotowire.com. Jim, uh, we'll ask you a couple of quick ones here and, and let you get going. Appreciate all the time uh, here today on, on a Sunday morning. For the Packers in that passing game, Devontae Adams obviously clearly far and away a top five fantasy productor, especially for what he's going to do in the red zone. But what about in, in the running game? Aaron Jones has just the flurry and, and the apple of so many fantasy owners' eyes uh, across the league. What do you see out of the Packers running bay? So Jones is clearly a highly talented player who, when he's on the field, he produces. I'm always interested to know, and we never really find out, when, when a team won't fully commit to a player, we wonder what's going on in practice and behind the scenes as to why they won't commit to that player. And that's the disconnect between fantasy and, and the actual NFL sometimes. So as of right now, it doesn't seem as if Jones has much competition. Jamal Williams has been unimpressive. Dexter Williams did not have a good camp. Um, so Aaron Jones has an opportunity. If he comes out of the gates hot, he has a great chance to be a low-end RB1. Phenomenal metrics across the board. He's fast. He's elusive. He's the type of back that will flourish behind Aaron Rodgers, and they'll typically see lighter boxes. So I think he is worth the gamble where you're getting him, usually in the third round, sometimes in the late second round. But I think he's definitely a player to take a chance on. Well, and then in the passing game, with the uh, cuts of uh, Jamon Moore, and not, I shouldn't say cut of EQ, he's hurt, right? So who who's going to step up? It can't be all Devontae Adams in Green Bay. No, and I'm very excited for Mar- Marquez Valdez scandling this, scandling this here. Um, he has 97 percentile speed. He perf- uh, and, and also he has 73rd percentile agility. So he's not just a classic deep threat. He has significant lateral agility to his game. And last year, he started out well with Aaron Rodgers. But then when Aaron Rodgers and he, Mike McCarthy had their little tiff, 
Velha Scantling was running routes the coach called, and Rodgers wanted him to kind of change, and it didn't happen. But this year they seem to be on the same page. So I think Valdez Scantling is in for an enormous season because with his speed, he's not going to see those double teams with Devontae Adams across the field. And then we have Geronimo Ellison on the slot, who is a sub-athlete, but he does have the trust of Rodgers. But I think Valdez Scantling is the guy that fantasy owners really want to make a move for. You could get him as late as nine rounds into some drafts. Yeah, just final thing here, and Billy, you you may uh, entertain the idea of jumping in here as well. Uh, Billy, uh, our co-host here today, does uh, the afternoon show on the fan with a couple of former Packers, running back Gary Ellerson and and, uh, Leroy Butler as well. With the running backs flying around here, guys, uh, Billy, I'll start with you real quick. Uh, why, Why does it seem like it's resistant for the Packers to grab a veteran RB? I think a lot of it is just because of the wear that Aaron Jones has put on his body and that, that you know that he's the, the fear of him being able to stay in that game for that long and also the trust factor in keeping Aaron Rodgers upright. I think that's the biggest part of it. Jim, what do you think? It just seems to me that it would be a good fit, a veteran running back, and it would come cheap right now. You're right. They do come very cheap this time of season. And you know the stock the Packers have put in because they've been consistently drafting players they're looking for something depth-wise in there. Um, but I, you know what, Aaron Jones, and I hate those camp reports that say best shape of your life. They always are overblown. But he really does look like a different player this year. He looks like he did lose some weight. He looks like he um, is in significantly better shape. So maybe he is ready for the pounding um, that, that would be awaiting him. But I'm still hopeful that Dexter Williams does turn into something. But I wouldn't be shocked if they did add a veteran, as you guys mentioned. All right, very good. Jim Coventry, rotowire.com is where you find his work. Jim, nice conversation, man. Thanks. We'll talk again. Thank you. Bye. All right. (laughs) There he is on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. I love that salutation. I do too. By Jim, I, I'm going to start using that. Also, does, Timmy, uh, on the other side of the break, I know we're going to get into this NFC. NFC move involving a former Wisconsin Badger made official on his way to a new destination in the NFL. That is next. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Who do you trust? A world of fantasy. And, well, maybe not. Dude, look, I'm a loser. You listen to my advice, you'll end up like me with nothing. Can he trust you? It's time for the Circle of Trust with our own Adam Burnett. In your league or on Daily Fantasy, Adam's success speaks for itself. It's Fantasy Football Weekly on AM 1250 and 105.7 FM, The Fan. You know, this is a dude you can trust each and every week. We call it the Circle of Trust on Fantasy Football Weekly. He's been with us for many years. And before we get to who he trusts heading into your draft, we got to go back to uh, to an email that he sent me some time ago. Adam, welcome back. Another year of Fantasy Football Weekly, number one. But an email uh, that uh, pertained to LaShawn McCoy. I send you a lot of emails and texts. Uh, late That's summer, <laughs> I, I I flood your inbox with a lot of info. So August third, I had sent you an email about just different things of fantasy football, things that I thought could happen. One of them was 
I really like Devin Singletary. I think we're both on that hype train. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think McCoy would play for the Bills this year. Um, I thought he would go to the Chiefs because of his relationship with Andy Reid. Those two are very, very tight, and surprisingly, that that happened. That is uh, that is something that goes back about a month, Billy. Seriously, we got to give credit where credit's due. We always like to pat ourselves on the back when we uh, when we claim that Hector Gomez isn't good in a Brewers uniform. So. So we got to give Adam Burnett some credit here. Adam, I do appreciate you uh, checking in with us on the Circle of Trust every week all season long here with regards to fantasy football. But heading into the drafts here, now it's cut down day, a little more clarification, some running backs flying all over the nation. And uh, your thoughts into somebody's draft with your Circle of Trust. I've done a number of drafts this year, and I was amazed at how late Mitch Trubisky went. Um, in leagues where you're getting points for a completion and you're taking Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson over Mitch Trubisky with the pace of play that the Bears have, people that are doing that are missing the boat. Mitch Trubisky went in the 17th round in one of the drafts that I did last weekend. I was dumbfounded by it. Are we sold on Trubisky yet uh, as as an elite quarterback? Because that's where the bar needs elite. to be. Go with good. Well, that's what I'm I don't saying. Think he's elite, but I think he's better than Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. I don't know what the 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 points you get on the ground. It's tough to pass up. I mean, I look at DraftKings uh, that I play every week, and I I just say you're building in about four points just just on legs alone. I think with the passing touchdowns that he'll have this year, because Trubisky had 24 passing touchdowns last year, I think he gets up to the 28 to 30 range. I think Mitch, in those leagues where you get points for completion, will far outperform Allen and Jackson. And and the fact that David Montgomery in that running game isn't going to vulture some of those points away? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Trubisky's an undervalued quarterback this year in drafts. We've spent way too much time talking about the frickin' Bears anyway. I was All wondering. Right. Yeah. All There's right. more Bears coming up, actually. <laughs> oh, great. All right, who's next? I love Devin Singletary. Uh, you talked about a lot on the show today. He's going to be flying up draft boards. I think he's the back to own in Buffalo. Um, wide receiver, another late-round pick, Anthony Miller of the Bears. He caught seven touchdowns on 33 receptions last year. He put up video game numbers in Memphis. I don't think he'll do well right away because he had an ankle sprain, but middle of the year, I think he will be a valuable PPR receiver for the Bears. Um, the Bears, for me, for whatever reason, the last few years, and I know Robinson stepped up a little bit, but they've had some rough luck there. Kevin White, he flamed out. Now there's Riley Ridley there. I don't know what your prognosis on on him is, but I've just never really been impressed as of late with that Bear receiving core. I believe you'll be impressed this year. I really do. They traded up last Shocking. year to get Miller in the draft. <laughs> late in drafts, if, you, if you're doing a draft today, take a late-round flyer on Miller, and you can thank me later. Next up. Mark Andrews of the Ravens. Um, I went and got Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle in my drafts, and then at the end I grabbed Andrews. He had a 16 16- Lamar Jackson will eventually be able to spread the ball around a little bit more to Hollywood Brown, who you mentioned earlier. I do like him in dynasty formats, but I think for early season, if I want one Ravens pass catcher, 
It's Mark Andrews. What uh, What do you think of uh, our boy Hunter Henry there for the Chargers? Uh, coming off the injury and boy, a, a tremendous talent, and I think he's going to fly under the radar in some of these drafts here. Absolutely love him. He had eight touchdowns as a rookie, received a lot of red zone looks. Um, I went with those three tight ends. If I had missed those tight ends in draft, Hunter Henry was my target to take. All right, I next. Definitely recommend Hunter Henry. Who's up next? You got an IDP defense and kicker? I have a kicker. I like Zane Gonzalez, the Cardinals. <laughs> I think with that air raid offense, they will move the ball. I think it'll stall a little bit, and I think he'll be able to get you some points. Defense is the Buffalo Bills. Listen to this schedule to start the year. At the Jets, at the Giants, home with the Bengals, home with the Patriots, at the Titans, by week, then home with the Dolphins. They face one elite quarterback to start the season. That is interesting. Of, now that of, that is some although they're they've been ranked top ten. I, I hear you though. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that front half schedule to grab the Buffalo Bills D, hopefully in a league tonight. IDP is Devin White of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was my favorite player coming into this draft. I think with the lack of talent they have on the Buccaneers defense, he should be able to put up some Darius Leonard-type numbers. Devon White, didn't Tampa he play Bay. center field for uh, Toronto and then ended up in Milwaukee, right? Yes. Yeah, same guy. Okay, yes. very good. Adam, look forward to uh, the rest of the year with your circle of trust. Normally at 10.30 each and every Fantasy Football Weekly on Sunday mornings here. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. There he is, uh, uh, apparently our resident Bears fan. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that fun. Speaking of which, NFC will uh, we'll get you up to snuff on what's going on. If you're headed into a draft tonight, tomorrow, later on this week, we'll get you up to speed here. Fantasy Football Weekly here on The Fan is presented by the Tim and Taos in the Morning podcast, returning soon to radio.com. And uh, we'll take and There won't calls. be Bears talk on that one. No, very rarely, unless we're slamming them. <laughs> yeah, then, then, then it'll be Bears talk. But, uh, yeah, you can call us, 414-799-1250. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. You want to launch an email out there, live at 1057fmthefan.com. Attention, fantasy footballers. Whatever it takes. Lineups are due soon, and we're getting you ready. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. That's what we do. You like that? I might get a little emotional. Get the latest news, injury reports, weather at outdoor stadiums. Expert analysis. Over a dozen years of fantasy coverage. Sunday mornings were made for fantasy football conversation with you. Here's your hosts, Baby Tausch, Bill Schmid, and the franchise, Tim Allen. Yeah, it's Fantasy Football Weekly this and every Sunday morning, 10 to noon, now into its 14th year. Man. And of those 14 years, <laughs> Let me just ask you, Baby Taos, Bill Schmidt, Tim and Taos take over here on a Sunday morning. Uh, how old were you 14 years ago? 14 years ago, I would have been 11. <laughs> okay. And I think right. I, if I can remember all the way back, I think that's just about when I started playing fantasy football. Okay. Were you into it? Or oh, just, yeah. Just... I, was, oh, I was killing kids. Because I was the, the pear-shaped youth that I still somewhat am now that 
just knew everything that there was to know about the third string running back on the Buffalo Bills or the Chicago Bears or, you know, the Minnesota anybody. I knew every player pretty much in the NFL for better or for worse. Were you making money at that time? Just hawking little nips from people. Every once in a while I'd be able to say, hey, why don't we well play for ten bucks? You know, win, guy that wins the league, everybody gets <laughs> Give them ten bucks, something like that, and and then then it started growing into once somebody else got a little taster of a victory when I had a couple of guys uh, get some run-ins with the law, as I felt like uh, young Al Davis yeah. running my fantasy league. Then somebody else got some money, and then it was all well. Why don't we make it one, two, and three make money? Well, I'm all right with sharing the wealth. I like just if I'm gonna win the thing, give me all of it. There's like years ago when I was a uh, collegiate athlete, uh, there there were bowling leagues, like mm-hmm. your standard men's league on sure. like a Wednesday night, yeah, whatever sure. it is. That, Over at AMF. Yeah, where you get money back at, at your banquet. You know, you get the mastacholi, the dried out chicken, and then a bowl of salad. Sounds right? really fun. Yeah. And then and then you'd get you'd still get money back even if you came in last. But then there was oh, the inception. Come on. Seriously. Then there was the inception of a winner-take-all bowling league, which was new to me. This is going back you know, 30, 40 years, whatever, um, where they'd have leagues. If you win, your whole team gets the trip to Vegas. Now, Tim, I'm going to have to tell you this, and I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. You as a collegiate athlete, I hope you understood the violations <laughs> against the NCAA that you were doing. Well, what, you know, okay. Because it sounds like the estimated value of that would be over $700. And as the NCAA frowns upon anybody trying to keep their amateur status and make over $700 doing something that they're good at. Well, they can take away all my uh, non-starts in college on the bowling team. <laughs> They can take all those away. They're going to vacate those banners that you guys won. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> NFC time will get the wagering window. Fab five of the bowling teams. <laughs> the wagering window in each uh, in each division here in the NFC. And we'll start out in the West, Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray. Now, I think the splash value of Kyler Murray is, is a little bit too much for me to trust in fantasy football, I'm going to just hold off on that. If he's my second quarterback, I'm okay. But I don't think I can trust him as my every week guy. Yeah, I I don't necessarily buy into the hype. And I fear into that sense, too, with that Arizona team. David Johnson, man, I just don't know where I can trust with that guy, where the trust is with how much you're going to be able to bank on him as a number one running back option. He's going to be able to touch the football a little bit more out of the backfield, I would imagine, because they're just going to run more plays than they did last year with Josh Rosen as quarterback. But I had him last year in a same vein of I don't like having the best player on a bad offense. Yep. Even though they've got to get some yards and some points right. for you. And you got to think somebody's got to score on that team. Yeah, but somebody also has to get triple covered because anybody else could play. Well, it's like the polar opposite of all the weapons that, say, the Browns may have or the Chiefs may have It's it, or the Rams may have. It just works in that opposite way. Somehow find the uh, middle ground. A good team, maybe not the great offense, where then you got to share splits, but then t- take away from... You know, that bad team with just that one guy on it. Chase Edmonds also in the backfield there. Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Keyshawn Johnson, Michael Crabtree. I mean, there's some weapons there. I mean, there's certainly, he's got, he could step up and and impress, but I don't see him being a tier one uh, quarterback, Kyler Murray. Um, 
Andy Isabella there uh, receiving catches as well. Oh, nice. Your boy. Max Williams, Charles Clay, Ricky Seals-Jones at the tight end position. Uh, that's your Arizona Cardinals. L.A. Rams, Jared Goff, uh, Todd Gurley. Can you trust Todd Gurley's knee? Yes and no. Yes in the fact of I think he is a viable starting running back across the league, and I think he's a damn good one at that. And I think he's going to be probably in the top 10, 12, 15 scores across fantasy football. We trusted him in the Super Bowl, and it didn't work. No in the standpoint of I just – He's not going to have the workload that he has been asked to carry the last three years, right? Because Jeff Fisher was like, okay, let's just run Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's going to run the football left and right. He's going to run the football left and right. And you you just cannot bank on that kind of workload for a, a running back in, in pro football right now, especially with that knee. He is going to be able to still be, I think, one of the top weapons in football Knowing the standpoint of, I don't think he's going to touch the football 300 times this year. Might, uh, I might take a flyer on Daryl Henderson, though, late in the draft. Late in the draft, because yeah. you saw what happened with C.J. Anderson. If they ride him too early, somebody's yeah. got to pick up the workload once in Dece- November and December. That's also where, I know we're talking AFC, NFC West here, though, too. That's where Derrick Henry comes into this. Because once once the game turns into November and December, we're talking about it being a passing league. We talk about the wide receivers and points per completion and everything. Once this calendar flips to November and December, running the football becomes the name of the game across yeah. this league. Yeah, and you saw a couple of running backs really put in, put down the hammer late in the season for playoff pushes, and as not only for their team, but in your fantasy football leagues as well. Wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks. Looking for a bounce back here from Cooper Cup. Obviously Robert injured Woods, last year. Josh Reynolds. Here's a four-pack of receivers there. And and they're all clumped into that mid-35, 40 range of preseason rankings that I've seen for them. Pick your I would, poison, maybe. Right, really. I, I would be happy with just about anybody that you're getting in that sense. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think in your, your flex spot, if you get one of those receivers, you're in great shape uh, for the Rams. Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett at the tight end position. There's your Rams. Seattle Seahawks. They're taking a pounding at the wide receiver position, but you've got Russell Wilson. Chris Carson seems to be ranked real high. I mean, I don't know. They always play the round robin in that running running attack in Seattle, so I'd be careful with how high a lot of these uh, mock drafts have uh, Chris Carson going. Yeah, I'm not sold on that, too, and the bounce back from that horrific injury is something to, to be worried about. Elsewhere in that Seattle game, though, in that offense, I really love Russell Wilson this year. Me too. I mean, the dude's a gamer. He's going to keep you in every game. He's going to keep you in every game. And what did they add in that receiving core? Your boy, Tyler Lockett. But also they have just straight deep threats with Lockett. And then DK Metcalf can take the top off of the defense also. And if they're going to be able to stop people like you would with that front four and that front seven, should be able to get a couple of short fields. Now, David Moore, another receiver in that offense who did step up with some points last year, he's hurt. DK Metcalf is a little bit dinged up as well. He's also um, a wild card. Jerron Brown is in Seattle. And so I, the names aren't there. Now, they're a team that, that could stand to use a veteran wide receiver. I'm surprised they didn't go after Crabtree when he was released. And finally, the San Francisco 49ers, Garoppolo. 
again, ranked so low. There's got to be something to that, although he could he could bubble up, man. He could bubble up to do some damage. Maybe Depending on how much they run the football, I think in this Kyle Shanahan zone, read zone, uh, outside zone offense that they want to run the ball with, it's tough to see how many times they actually put him with the ball up in the air. Yeah, and Breida, and we discussed it in our number one, Breida and Tevin Coleman going to get the workload there. Raheem Moster uh, is there as well. Marquise Goodwin, Dante Pettis, Jordan Matthews, Debo Samuel. I mean, there's some pieces to play with there. I like Pettis, although I've seen his stock go sky high, and then everybody in the fantasy world laying off Dante Pettis, and then he pounces back up there as a uh, wide receiver too. I don't know where he's at, Dante Pettis. I really don't. Yeah, know. I don't know where to where to slot him with. I really like Debo Samuel. A little bit of a, a wild card in the aspect of personality wise too. But with that offense, you're looking at options across the board, and they all resort back to how does George Kittle bounce back? Yeah, because George Kittle was one of the most dangerous fantasy players last year in the entire NFL. If he is the same player that he was last year. All of those guys will have better years. How do you get a, a tight end that's running free for 40, 50, and 60-yard touchdowns? I mean, it just it reminded me of, you know, you're flipping around the dial, the old NBC game with Dick Edinburgh and Merlin Olson, maybe not Merlin Olson, Dan Fouts. And, and you're flipping around, you catch, you catch the Denver Bronco game, and you see Shannon Sharp just flying out in the open. That's what he reminds me of a little bit. And wasn't Kellen Winslow a little bit like that, too, with, with yep. your boy Dan Fouts? Yeah, and and just flying around wide open. George Kittle, you can't go wrong. One or two in all of uh, fantasy found, drafts in terms of tight ends. Found him in the uh, third round of this draft, him that I had scheduled here, sadly, in the middle of our show. George Kittle in the third round. I'm going to be very, very, very happy with okay, that. Okay, and you're in the middle of a draft now? Currently, yes. yes. Uh, but as we got a little bit lost in the conversation, I sadly ended up on auto pick there in the middle rounds here for the fifth and sixth. But <laughs> okay. we're bouncing back and with an opportunity here to succeed. <laughs> we got to hit the wagering window for that NFC West as uh, you would assume uh, that the Rams are the front-running uh, team projected out, and then Seattle, and and who knows, maybe San Francisco wins a few games. Wagering window. There is some money to be made with the Los Angeles Rams, Timmy. I think with every game, not necessarily wins, wins over-unders with these guys, but first-half team overs with the Rams. Their scripts in all of these teams out here in the AFC NFC West. Kyle Shanahan is the offensive guru that everybody believes. They put up points early in games. The Rams do the same thing as well as when you look at where Vegas will slot these team first half unders, first half overs. Usually, if you put up two touchdowns in the first half, you're going to be golden there and making money. Even without Garoppolo last year, the San Francisco 49ers did kind of move the ball and stay competitive a little bit. They almost beat the Packers in Green Bay. Well, C. then again, Beathard, Nick Mullins, uh, both of them got some play time last year. So, yeah, Rams, Seahawks, Niners, and uh, pulling up the rear there, Arizona Cardinals. We'll take a break here, continue. We'll get to the NFC North. A lot to get to as we finish up here. Fantasy Football Weekly, this and every Sunday here on The Fan. 
Getting you closer and closer to kickoff. Helping you win the championship. Tim and Tausch with Fantasy Football Weekly on AM 1250 and 105.7 FM, The Fan. Yeah, it's Fantasy Football Weekly this and every Sunday, 10 to noon. Tim and Tausch take over. Get used to that here. 14 years of fantasy football coverage on Sunday mornings here on The Fan. And I had to chase down, and those of you that are heading into your fantasy football drafts, just hit the ATM before you go and just pay up and just be done with it. <laughs> so you don't have to do what I did last night, literally last night, Billy. Uh, nine o'clock last night, had to get in the car, roll over to Commissioner Pete's house to get paid $395 that I won back in early February. Oh, you must have been hot. You must well, have been I, you so try bad. to be nice until you, you get the money in your hand. Sure. And then, then it's pointless to be a jerk anyway, so it didn't matter. And you, you have the money. What are you upset about? Yeah, right. Right, so that's why I just said, "Hey, thanks a lot. Sorry for, you know, sorry for being a pest. Sorry for saying, hey, do you have my money? Hey, do you have my money? Hey, do you have my money? Just hey, do you have my money? Hey, do you have my money? Hey, do you have my money? Four hundred bucks. <laughs> I mean, come on, four hundred dollars. I mean, I sat on that all summer long. Here's the deal. How many though. times did you message per week about the money? Not really. I let it go for months, assuming that he w- we were going to do the league again, prepay me, does a square pool, the whole deal, and I was still going to net you know 100 bucks or 150 sure. whatever after everything's paid. But then he decided that he's not going to do it, and uh, so now it's like hit the pay window. Oh, so he's in. out. Yeah, he's, he just wasn't going to do the league. Dissolve the league. Yeah. Oh man, sorry about that. Yeah, I know. That's, That's tough. That that 20, was a long running one. That that one ran second longest, twenty five years. Who? So how were you got? Sorry, and I know we're getting off track here of the NFC. How did you guys do that without like computers and stuff? We how do people to, function without like phones and stuff? Well, you'd how, phone how you phone in se- your, your lineup was phoned into an answering machine. So you you didn't just like change your lineup when you were hung over at like eleven fifty while you were on the john? No, lineups were due an hour before kickoff. But I know. <laughs> what if you? What, if, what about the pregame I, inactives? I, you there's no waiver wire back then. So just who you drafted was on your team, or you could make a trade. Wow, you were offered as the years went by. They thought that was a little unfair. You were offered up a supplemental draft choice after three weeks and then another one after eight weeks mm. starting from the bottom up that's crazy it, it's awful it's awful mesozoic era fantasy football that sure, sure. is nfc yeah. south atlantic uh atlanta falcons uh did you see they uh brought matt bryant back in the yeah. kicker just saying got him got him right out there and made sure that he's ready to rock and roll yeah and you saw that uh they didn't want to play the round robin kicking game uh in green bay they retained Mason Crosby. I I was happy to see that. Were you surprised at all by that move? Not really. I was not at all. Yeah, not really. It made a lot of sense. Uh, Devontae Freeman, coming off the injury, missed 14 games last year. How do you see him? I I guess you go with him. How high you select him is not going to be as high as you used to. No, that's for sure. A little bit concerning in the sense of, too, Tim, where he can... Where he goes from here, right? Like, his workload gets scaled back, right? Like, we're we're assuming that he carries the ball less, touches the football less, 
production then would go less. But we see dudes, once they get older and they don't have to take the wear on their body, sometimes they have that resurgent year. Edo Smith is is going to be the primary backup down there. So if you do get Freeman, I highly suggest you grab Edo Smith. That's as a well. good handicapper. Yeah, it, it really is. And wide receiver core: Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu. Same old, same old down there in Atlanta. So you can really judge about what they did last year. This is my guess, Billy. Maybe Calvin Ridley takes a little bit of a step forward. Outside of that, across the board. All the way around the block, the, the the passing game is going to be about the same. They're easy to predict the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, no doubt. And you know the ball is going to get pumped over to Julio Jones. You know yep. he's going to be productive. He's just a legit freak. Does he get the touchdowns? Maybe not that you would expect for the number one wide receiver in football. Been but, crazy. But he does. He has games where he gets 200 receiving yards. Right. Nobody else does that. Right. So when you get the ball that much, you are still going to be a top three, top four producer in fantasy. Now, the one that I really like out of that offense, Tim, and it's a little bit of a wild card, is their tight end, Austin Hooper. With the way they scheme him open and the way they scheme him touches left and right. But it's just he disappears for a few weeks every year. Sure. Every year there's a three-week window where he plays – and you're like, what is going on oh, in Atlanta? 3.7 yard, 3.7 points. Are you yes. kidding me? But for his ability, though, to get multiple games where he'll have five, six, seven catches, he gets targeted a lot, especially when they're able to run the football. If they're able to run the football this year, Austin Hooper is a viable option there in the back end if you don't get one of those top three, four tight ends. Speaking of uh, tight ends in the passing game, NFC South, New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees obviously going to do his thing, but Jared Cook now down there in New Orleans, and I uh, I like Jared Cook. He had six TDs last Love year it. and a decent year. I think he's going to thrive down there in New Orleans. I thought Ben Watson was just a stud down there in New Orleans, and he never really lived up to the expectations I had for him there. Jared Cook is probably the most legitimate pass-catching option at the tight end spot that Drew Brees has had since Jimmy Graham was Jimmy Graham. Alvin Kamara, and then you have Latavius Murray. I know you guys are going to say, hey, Latavius Murray, come on. Don't sleep on that guy. That guy's going to get his hands on the football. And as bad as it sounds here, uh, Alvin Kamara is due for some kind of a bounce. Maybe. A, a bounce down. Like he He's going to regress at least a little bit. He was so freakishly good last year. I cannot see the league not being able to morph and and be able to pick up what he's doing at all. Most drafts, number three mm-hmm. overall pick. And I called you when I was concerned in the sense of here when we talk about NFC South running backs, Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara. Love McCaffrey. One seems to me like he could be headed for a, uh, a regression year a little bit. The other, I think, is only going to rise in McCaffrey. I just love the way he handles Christian McCaffrey, love the way he handles life. <laughs> you know that? Just everything about him you got to like. Uh, Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn Jr., Traquan Smith, and tight end uh, Jared Cook down there in New Orleans. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jameis Winston, ranked higher than I would have anticipated him coming into yeah. the year, but looks he's like trash. they're going to throw the football, though. Yeah, but he's trash. Like, Can we all agree with that? Jameis Winston is not a starting NFL quarterback anymore. 
He's not going to be. He's don't not say that. Sorry, Bruce Arians. I just I don't see it, dude. I just do not see it with Jameis Winston being able to be a legitimate guy that's going to get another contract. Like Chris Godwin, my guy. I got him as a um, second awesome. wide receiver. Sorry. Don't say dude, that. Dude, he lost his job to Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> last year. Well, yes. Yes. You know, so, Fitzpatrick's well, going to start for the team that is legitimately telling people we're trying to lose games. Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones in the backfield there. That's an interesting split that I'm a little bit concerned about. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just got waiver wire screaming all over it to me. Let's just see how things shake out. Uh, O.J. Howard, however. Mm. Mm. Uh, Good football player. I just don't see it in that. You have Jameis Winston throwing you the football. I can't get past it. Okay. Final uh, team in the South, uh, Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton. Does he have a bounce-back year? I think so. I do, I think too. so, and primarily because I think he plays all 16 games, yep. which is going to be the biggest part. Yep, I do, too. He's got a balky knee right now, but uh, he's healing up quick. Be is, ready for next week. Is that who we should be going here with in this draft, Timmy? I fell on auto-pick again because I got really invested into our lineup here. Cam Newton could be the quarterback fit here in the uh, ninth round is when we're going to be picking again. Now, I don't mind that. If if the top-tier guys are, are gone, I wouldn't mind that at all, defaulting to Cam Newton. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, obviously uh, the stud there in Carolina. And uh, wide receivers, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Is that good enough? No, not necessarily to be the best offense in football, but for what they're going to ask them to do in the underneath passing game that they're going to use, those guys are going to get touches. I think DJ Moore is a good play. All right, NFC South will step up and lay some money on these four teams. Wagering window. As you look at the Carolina Panthers, Timmy, that's one team that I've always been fascinated with since Cam arrived of where you put them in terms of planning for the year. With them being an eight-win team projected by Las Vegas, there's there's no money to be made to me in that sense because I cannot predict if they could be a seven and nine team. They could also be an eleven and mm-hmm. five team, from what I see. Especially with the defense that they have, they have legitimate players, but you have health concerns with their number one guy in Luke Keekley every single week. Honestly, I like Atlanta to win that division. To win the division, win the division. With Matt Ryan as their quarterback? With Matt Ryan as their quarterback. Really? I do. I think Matt New Orleans, Ryan's their quarterback. New Orleans though. is just going to take a step back. A little huh. bit of a resurgence for Carolina. I could see 10 wins. Easy win in that division. So then you'd step up with the nine-win total for Atlanta projected by our friends in the desert. For sure I would. And under the 10.5 for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, yeah. Seems a little yeah. steep for me with Drew Brees never being able to bounce back as good as he usually is. That's true. All right, there's the NFC South. Continue finishing up the uh, NFC as a whole. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. Tim and Tosh here on The Fan. Tim and Tausch take your calls now. God bless fantasy football. It's Fantasy Football Weekly on AM 1250 and 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly, getting closer and closer to 
The On Deck Show at the top of the hour. Brewers and Cubs wrapping up a three-game set. Fantasy, Are they going to win today? Fantasy Football Weekly. Are they going to win today? Or am I going to be sad? lineup change for Dude. Joe Madden. I don't know if this is the gamesmanship or mm-hmm. if there's an injury. A little or... bit of a forearm tightness being reported for you, Darvish, starting for the Chicago Cubs, or the expected starter for the Chicago Cubs, as he will not. It will be Tyler Chatwood. Guys, if you are... that's great news. Dude, if you are unable to put up five runs against Tyler Chatwood in a must-win game, then you can shut it down. But this is a huge game in the sense of, what is it, Tim? Now Then you'd be back to the three-game mark in that wild card. That's right. Right there. With a four-game set starting Thursday against the team you're chasing. Which you will win three of four of. Okay, you're calling that now? Yeah, I already, I've already, i uh, already went to the wagering window with that. Houston Astros coming into Miller Park tomorrow for Jacked a two-game set. It is a Garrett Cole opposite Adrian Hauser tomorrow. <laughs> oh, wow. That hey. is going to be a matchup. Here we go again. I'll say it. That game could be a two-hour and 13-minute game. Well, it would make sense that I'm there and not here doing the postgame show. Just, and it would be a two-hour game. Right. That would be a quick buzz, if you will. <laughs> That's what Garrett that is. Cole, uh, a Brewer next year. You think they can pony up the money for oh, that? that? That'd be sweet. Could you yeah. imagine? Finishing up our oh. whip around of the NFC on Fantasy Football Weekly. NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott, the holdout. Mm-hmm. Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard. And they're saying Zeke is a lot closer than people think to being signed here. A lot more information coming out today that the two sides have now become dangerously close. Still a lot of obstacles they're saying to... Uh, to get past with this deal, and, and no deal is imminent like at this time, but a lot of optimism now on both sides is a lot more than there was three days ago. Yeah, and wide receivers, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. Can he have a, a step-up sophomore you keep tell- season? You keep telling me about Michael Gallup. Love him. Love him, love him. And then the old veteran, uh, Randall Cobb, in the slot. Now, that's a move that I think a lot of people are going to overlook. Love that sneaky little pick. It could be could be a big-time pickup for him. And a good touchdown guy. I, it wouldn't surprise me down in, down in Dallas he ends up with eight touchdown receptions. Ooh. Yep. Eight? Eight. Got a way of getting open. He's yeah, had you two, need a guy to get him the football. Hasn't he had two, three TD games yeah, but you gotta get in him, Green Bay? Got to have a guy to get him the football. That's my quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Jason Witten. Get somebody to get him the football. Speaking of uh, crusty veterans, mm-hmm. Jason Witten. Brutal wow. broadcasters, too. He was horrible. One of the worst of all time. <laughs> he might have been. He might have been. New York Giants, Eli Manning, and Daniel Jones. How long does it take? I'd say f- six, seven weeks. I don't think Daniel Jones starts before the bye week. And their bye week is, as I pull it up here on the computer, trying to figure out exactly when they'd be able to give them some. Now, their bye week is week 11, so it will be before the bye. They will not take that long. They'll go into a push with that. Saquon Barkley going across the board, number one in most drafts. Just one of the most tremendous football players I've been able to see. It's really Love watching him play. You really are high on Michael Gallup, huh? I like Gallup. All right. He's the 118th overall selection. (laughs) Uh, Wide receivers, Golden Tate, who's suspended for taking... uh, For trying to get pregnant, apparently. Yeah, I I guess. Cody Lattimore, Benny Fowler. Are you ever going to believe that? Shepard. Yikes. (laughs) They're in rough shape at receiver. You know that, right? They're awful. They're a bad football team. Uh, They do have a nice tight end. 
Uh, Philadelphia uh, Eagles, Carson Wentz. Here's a team to to not sleep on in in the NFC East. I think they're a very good football yeah, team. Yeah, I think they win that division. And yep. I think they kind of win it going away a little bit. The NFC East is always one of those fun te- leagues where you can watch and everything unfolds in front of you and every team seemingly is 9-7 and seven at the end of the year. The Eagles, I think, are the class of that division. I don't think it's very close. Miles Sanders, the rookie running back. Jordan Howard back there. Darren Sproles returns. And they let loose Wendell Smallwood yesterday. They wonder where he's going to land as well. Wide receivers for the Eagles. Uh... By the way, also Corey Clement there. Deshaun Jackson is back in Philadelphia. Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, J.J. Whiteside. Looking for a rookie? Is he a rookie? He's a rookie, right? J.J. Whiteside? I believe he is a one-year player. Is he a second-year yeah. second guy? All right, Richard Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Richard Rodgers, yeah, he plays football. Uh, yes, uh, In the and finally in the East, Washington Redskins. Case Keenum gets a starting nod at quarterback. Yeah, and if you have anybody on the Washington Redskins that is not named Adrian Peterson or Darius Geis, Geis yep. feel bad for you. Yeah, they're, they're a little messy here. They really lost, too, when you look at, in my eyes, the quarterbacks that you could have taken with this year's draft. Dwayne Haskins just isn't going to measure up, dude. I don't know. He's maybe, just not Maybe gonna. he needs a little maturation. He needs some, yeah, he needs some work. Like when you get into training camp or spring training and guys are like, yeah, I'm working on some things. I'm going to need some time. He's going to need some time. Did I read this morning they got rid of Josh Doxson? Yeah. I believe I did. They were trying desperately to get rid of him. And same thing with uh, Laquan Treadwell with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, indeed. So they're they're a mess at receivers. Jordan Reed is still there, however. Let's step up to the window and lay down some scratch on the NFC East. Wagering window. Well, we mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles that both you and I like tremendously. Yep. If you're going to rock with the Philadelphia Eagles win total right now as it opens up at nine and a half, you like it. Go with them just week one. Like, if you want to make some money, week one, they will cover the spread of whatever you're going to get it with your friends. Doesn't matter. If it's eight, if it's eight and a half, even if it's nine, they're they going to go win 11. cleanly by two touchdowns. Yeah, they they will. You get two games against the Giants this year. You get two games against the Washington Redskins. And, and two games against the Cowboys. And there should be three out of four in the first four there. Hopefully get a split, I would think, at least against the Cowboys. There's four wins right there in division. Did you say Easy. at least against the Cowboys? You're so I, cute. I, I think so. Um, in this sense, too, with your da- with the Dallas Cowboys, where do you see that offense outside of Zeke? Because the defense is nasty, and I think they don't get enough credit for how good that is. They have a legit Pro Bowl, possibly All-Pro candidate at each level of the defense. Dexter Lawrence, or Demarcus Lawrence, excuse me. Yep. The two backers in Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. And Byron Jones, Byron people Jones totally forget just, it, just wasn't all pro. Yeah, just just came back. Their defense is going to keep a minute. And just a little fast fact for you. There's only one quarterback that has won more games in the NFL than Dak Prescott. Yeah. The last three years. Mm-hmm. And just also one. Yeah, and there's also one quarterback that has the most wins in Wisconsin Badgers history, and his name's Joel Stavi. <laughs> Okay, nice. We'll take a break, finish up (laughs) NFC North next, Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan.
getting you closer and closer to kickoff, helping you win the championship. Tim and Tausch with Fantasy Football Weekly on AM 1250 and 105.7 FM, The Fan. Final couple of minutes of Fantasy Football Weekly here on the Fan Tim and Tosh Takeover. <laughs> we got news out of the NFL. Um, Deshaun Kaiser has found a new home. Mm-hmm. It is with soon to be your Las Vegas Raiders. Gets picked up by John Gruden in the Raiders. Well, you have Nathan Peterman. He's Nathan. a church mouse. You know, he can't can't play him. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, next year. Next year, I'm going to end up being a uh, Deshaun Kaiser fan. You? Oh, wow. So you think that he's going to go all the way on no. the team through next year? Well, I, I mean, if he's on the team. Apparently, the Green Bay Packers did not get anybody on waivers. Also, the biggest news is it doesn't appear Alan Lazard got claimed off waivers, so the Packers will be able to stash him on the practice squad. I am uh, looking forward to next year having a new wardrobe, Billy. Just all Las Vegas Raiders gear? All just nothing but Las Vegas Raiders stuff. When I was there out in the desert a couple of weeks ago, all they had were they had a couple of women's T-shirts. Now, it could fit your build um, (laughs) because you got that V-shape. But what the thing was, only one of them said Las Vegas Raiders. See, that's what I need. That's what I want. All the men's shirts were just basic block black shirts that just had the Raiders Raiders logo. Right. I don't want that. No, I. Anything I have on is going to say Las Vegas. Raiders. Will they at some point just be smart and have it be the Super Bowl in Las Vegas every single year? No. Well, I don't know what they're going to do, but I would like to see it rotate around the league. What about the including Green Bay? Oh, stop! Including Green stop. Bay. Talking to one of the biggest Packer fans in the state here. They're not hosting a Super. You really want to see a Super Bowl where it's snowing? Yes. No. You see games impact the Super Bowl. Right. And the but playoffs it's not the Super because Bowl. of weather. But it's not the Super Bowl. But it does impact. It impacts it. Yeah, sure. But it's not the Super Bowl. Like There's if you're not up, enough hotel rooms up there in Green Bay. I don't care about that. I just don't want it to be snowing and be 13 degrees below zero oh, to be man. where the championship is decided. That would be great. Talk about the dynamic of wagering. Be a total difference maker, big time. Wow, that would be wild. Think of all the uh, all the little bets you make. How many punts and turnovers? And once and again, how stupid. Sorry, I'll get on a soapbox here. How stupid is the city of Illinois or the state of Illinois not to build a dome stadium in the third largest city in America? If you wanted to have a Super Bowl, they would have had like five by now. Well, Instead, ask- they made that spaceship Soldier Field, which I'll be down at. Uh, Thursday, getting ready for Packers and Bears kicking off the 100th season of the NFL. Ask our neighbors to the north there. They have some issues with domed or not domed yeah, stadiums They didn't put well. a roof on their baseball stadium and it got all sorts of hub. Yeah. That's NFC wild. North, dumb, Detroit dumb. Lions, Matthew Stafford. I is love him. Still a numbers guy. I absolutely love Matthew Stafford and that is why I'm taking him right Click now. It. With the 133rd or 43rd pick in the 2019 
fantasy football weekly draft that I actually ended up just getting randomly thrown into here. Okay, so you have now Cam Newton and Stafford? Uh, no? no, I did not get Cam Newton. You didn't. So I went with Matthew Stafford and then on the bounce back real quick here as I had the third overall pick, backed him up with Phillip Rivers. Ooh, I like it. So I have a nice dynamic duo there late in the draft, man. I didn't take a quarterback until the 12th round. You're going to start Rivers over Stafford, I think. Most likely. Most weeks. But in the same vein, though, Matthew Stafford can put up points left and right. He can. He can. He's one of the best throwers of the football in this league. He's never had the opportunities around him to put up points significantly. But your boy Kenny Galladay, former NIU Husky, opens up the air, and Carrion Johnson opens up everything on the ground. That's the thing. With those two younger players, Carrion Johnson and Kenny Galladay, someone is going to get either a steal or a big bust. Right? (laughs) I mean, there's really... It's one of those two. Yeah, I don't think there's anywhere in the middle with those two guys. I I like them both. I do. I'm not going to take a flyer way high in the draft on either one of them. Uh Uh-uh, not happening. Marvin Jones Jr. is still there as well. He's a numbers guy, too. You could do a lot worse than him in your wide receiver two position. For sure. Absolutely, you could do a lot worse than Marvin Jones Jr. Because he is a possession receiver that is a good route runner and always where he needs to be. A lot of uh, pub on Jesse James. As the mm. tight end. Yeah, I, no. I like Hawkinson, honestly, better as just a yeah. football player, which yep. is just disappointing that he's not going to get the run right away. Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> you don't like him, do you? <laughs> you just don't like him. Why do you not like Kirk Cousins? Why do I not like Kirk Cousins? I don't like dislike Kirk Cousins. He's just <laughs> the punchline to me. Like he's one of those guys that you just you laugh when you hear his name and it just <laughs> Yeah, he just Kirk Cousins. Right, like whatever. Right. He's got thirty three million dollars. Congratulations. Go Dalvin with your life. Cook and Alexander Madison. Oh, man, I don't know where I feel with Dalvin Cook. You'd I feel better with Madison on the same roster. And I do. I have Madison okay. on the same roster. And you're good. You're in great shape. You think so? Absolutely. With those two studs on the outside, I still think Adam Thielen is probably a top seven production wide receiver in football. Like He is just a monster. I agree. And where Matthew Barry has him ranked and where you're able to find him on ESPN uh, drafts is unbelievable because they have him ranked as like the 49th best player in football, and that's just not happening. There's Uh, legitimate opportunities there for scoring. Kyle Smith and Irv Smith, uh, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr., the tight end. Mm. Uh, They're okay. Uh, How about the Chicago Bears? Mitch Trubisky. No. Uh, I I think there's talent there. He is just... He's okay. Yes, and and I think he's He's slow in his maturation process. I think he's, he's still... Ascending, he, he is. is, and it's it's difficult though when you get compared to. And I heard Hub Arkish talking about this on six seventy the score down in Chicago, where he is in a in a spot where he'll never get the opportunity to develop patiently as most guys should. Because who is he going to be compared to? Deshaun Watson, who is one of the most accomplished college quarterbacks in league history, then came out, lit the NFL on fire for four games, yes. and then blew out his knee at the height of his power. So he's a top quarterback in football. Now the backfield... Patrick Mahomes also 
yeah. a dude that threw 50 touchdowns in his first year as a starting quarterback. Mitch Trubisky has that going against him every single day. Running game in decent shape. Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. Who's going to get the majority of those goal line carries, you think? David Montgomery, right? I mean, there's Mike Davis as well. Is he an actual play as I an RB2, possibly? I doubt it. I, I think in a TD-only league, he might vulture three or four or five or six TDs. Sure. If they get first and goal down there, they might find a, a pattern of Mike Davis. But still, still Cohen. And But, the hey, there's high hopes for Montgomery. A lot of people are high on that dude. Yeah, I think he's a good football player. I think on the outside, though, Allen Robinson is, is a legit wide receiver, too. He was forgotten about for a year with the injury coming out of Jacksonville. Big time. And now yep. he's healthy. And you're seeing the fruits of that labor, be, being healthy. And Anthony Miller, Riley Ridley, did he learn something from his big brother? I think he's a baller. Okay. I think Riley Ridley was a steal for them in the fourth round. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Fantasy-wise, early in the season, shy away from I think you'll be able to pick him up on the waiver wire later on in the year, and he'll be a baller. Trey Burton, Adam Shaheen, the tight ends. No. And, no? Yeah, no, Burton was disappointing last year for me. Took a little bit of a flyer in one league on him. It just, yeah, that was nothing. Never turned out. No, he didn't. Uh, now, finally, the Green Bay Packers, as we wrap up the first two weeks of the pre-fantasy football season shows. It is uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers. Um, just, did I just read? Stephen A. said that Rodgers has nothing to lose this year. Or I'm sorry, nothing to prove this year. Now that would be long. That would be wrong. That would be wrong. He has a lot to prove this year. Not only for the Green Bay Packers, but for your fantasy team as well. Is he still an elite quarterback? Hundred percent. I, yeah. I don't know how you don't see it. And and for him to be able to have. The options depth-wise, I know it's not maybe the top-tier depth that they've had before in previous years. They have guys all over the football field that can catch the ball and score points. And, and Aaron then, Jones is a real, real, real lightning rod in fantasy football this year. Yeah, you wonder if, is he a three-down back, and does Lafleur have the offense to just maintain a three-down back? I don't think any of these guys will be three-down backs. I think if you're looking at that as a play for... For Aaron Jones, you have to know it's maybe 15 to 18 touches, 20 tops a game, but he can make the most out of them. Yards 5. per carry. 5 yards yep. per carry or something like that in the last two years. Yep. Wild. That's that's big time. And then the receiving core, Geronimo Allison or MBS is going to have to step up to a wide receiver to legit mm-hmm. fantasy football Jim Coventry player. said it. I think MVS turns into that this year. More than Allison? I think both of them are studs this year, to be completely honest with you. I think they both fit the mold of what they want, what Rodgers wants. Also, with Allison, what we forgot was he was on pace to catch a thousand, have a thousand yards receiving last year before the injury. That knocked him out for what, the last 11 games? Confident, curious, and what's the other one? Stop. You guys, do you guys do? Confident, <laughs> concerned, and curious. Concerned and curious. Okay. I am actually, in all honesty, very curious about Jimmy Graham. Do you, you think there's get, much left there? Do you get anything left? You know, it's like when the when the the your gas the gas light goes on empty, and then at, when you know it's real low, it just gives you two hyphens. Just, <laughs> yeah, you better pull it. Go now. to the gas station. Uh, the wagering window. Uh, it is uh, Green Bay in the north. 
right? I'm taking Green Bay to win the division. I think the Bears, though, you could have some money possibly be had. Them and the Packers both at eight and a half wins is an interesting one for me from Las Vegas. All right, very good. There it is, Fantasy Football Weekly. Now the next time we talk, all sorts of lineup questions, and we'll see you next Sunday at uh, 10 a.m. You're going to get everybody on deck. Up next, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on deck show, getting you ready for a huge game. Brewers and Cubs, Mm. rubber match, and a lineup change. In terms of the starting pitcher for the Cubs, that and more next here on The Fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 